Welcome to Extension Out Loud, Season 3, Episode 3. I'm Paul Treadwell. And I'm Katie Bowden. And in this episode, we're going to talk about maple. Maple syrup, maple sugar, maple production with... Michelle Ledoux, who is the Executive Director of Cornell Cooperative Extension of Lewis County. Hi, I'm Michelle Ledoux, and I work for Cornell Cooperative Extension in Lewis County. I'm the executive director up there, and um, I'm responsible for, obviously, administration, and then I do maple, and I do some community economic development. Well, those are an interesting combination of things you've got going on there. How did you first get involved in the maple industry? Is it a fluke of geography? You just happen to be surrounded by maple trees, or was it an interest you had? Actually, it was sort of a fluke. When I moved to Lewis County and took the position as executive director, we did not have any staff person taking on the role of maple. Before I knew it, I was learning everything I needed to know about the world of maple. And so I sort of just jumped right in. And how long ago was that? It's been 19 years that I've been in Lewis County. I thought we could just dive right into talking about maple a bit more. Can you tell us about an overview of maple in New York State and how you've seen it kind of evolved over the 19 years you've been working with maple? It's a fascinating subject when you look at the world of maple. New York State is ranked second for maple production. It's a huge industry in New York State and actually produces about $141 million annually. So it is an economic driver for New York State. And the reason I got into the world of maple was because Lewis County is a big maple county. This time of the year, when you come to my county, you'll see lots of sugar bushes. You'll see the steam rising out of it. So it's sugaring season right now, mm-hmm. and it's really popular, and everybody talks about it, and you just see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so it's part of the fabric of the county. And one of the reasons I think we see it is we have a lot of dairy farmers, and so dairy farmers are not out on their fields right now. And so one of the things that they do is they are involved in making maple sugar. And it's really the first true spring crop, Mm -hmm. and that's how we look at it, and it's liquid gold. That's what we call it. (laughs) So a sugar bush, can you tell us what that is? Because I think if you don't know maple, you might think of a little bush that's sitting there pumping out maple. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We have lots of maple trees in New York State, all across the state. And so a sugar bush is basically what is near a sugar house. So it's maple trees. And then it's either they have buckets out there, which people have seen in the past, which is traditional. But now you see a lot of tubing. A Mm. lot of the blue tubing that you'll see out there, our sugar maker is going to go and use that tubing to collect his sap. So that's his sugar bush. It's the whole ecosystem, essentially. Right. All that tubing is going to connect down to his sugar house. So you mentioned we're in the midst of the season. Generally, how long does the season last? And is this the normal time of year? Well, it is the normal time of the year. It's usually about four to six weeks. Hmm. And what happens is you have to have it above freezing during the day. So it's got to be above 40 during the day, it's got to be below freezing at night for the sap to actually move up the tree. But we're a little bit later this year. It's been a lot colder. We've mm-hmm. had a lot more snow. So usually 
middle of April, we would be done. We've also seen climate change has affected things. And we've had it where the last two years, we've actually had trees been tapped in the middle of January, which oh, is wow. not something that we've had in Lewis County. Hmm. Now, in other parts of the state, Western and the Hudson Valley area, they would be tapping in the middle of January. Hmm. And we have not done that. You know, usually it was the middle of March, we'd start tapping, and then we'd go through the end of April, somewhere in there. Wow, that's a pretty substantial change. It is, and I've seen that in the time I've been in Lewis County. Just to sort of go back past the 19 years you've been there, historically, Lewis County has been a maple production area in in the state? Yes, it has. Until several years ago, it was actually the number one producer of maple syrup in New York State. Wow. We actually have the most taps in New York State located in Lewis County. But we are slowly changing over from buckets to using tubing, and that makes a big difference. And that's one of the reasons why we're not at the top anymore, because we're not using as much tubing. And what's the benefit of tubing? So when you look at tubing, it actually allows them to use vacuum, and we see that they'll collect more sap to turn into syrup. Hmm. Has that been a long-time practice, using the the tubing with a vacuum? You know, the last several years, people have really switched over and had the vacuum, and now we're seeing reverse osmosis. We're seeing a lot more technology. Cornell has done a lot of research, Mm -hmm. and so has Proctor over in Vermont. And so that's something we're seeing people are just, you know, Lewis County, It's just takes a little slower than changing. (laughs) One would imagine there's a cost involved in transitioning. So what size producer do you have to be where you would actually make that transition from buckets to to tubing? I would say right now, tapping your trees is very popular. We have a lot of people come to our beginner maple school, and we'll have folks that come in, and they're just tapping 25 trees. And then they might do 100 trees. Mm -hmm. And then we have folks who come to the regular winter maple schools, which Cornell puts on across the state. And they decide that they're, you know, they're going up to 10,000 taps. And they're going up to 150,000 taps. So it just depends at what level you want to be at. But it is very popular. We have a lot of people who are beginners Mm -hmm. and small maple producers. And people like to do it. It's a Mm -hmm. family thing. And at that stage, when they're doing... 15, 20, 30 trees. It's, a, it's just a family thing that they like to do. So with 15 or 30 trees, how much sap are you going to collect and how much maple syrup are you going to end up with? So you usually get about a quart of syrup out of a tree. So a tree that's about 11 inches, you're tapping it. It's got to be 10 to 11 inches before you can put a tap into it. And then you should be able to get about 10 gallons of sap out of it, and it should produce about a quart. I think what people don't realize is you actually have 40 gallons of sap on the average that is going to produce one gallon of maple syrup. So it's pretty intensive when you look at it that way. Yeah, I remember when I was very little, my grandfather was a dairy farmer and he made maple syrup. So I remember him having this huge cauldron and all the steam coming up and it took forever. So can you tell us a little bit about the process and the timing and... You know, so we're it, waiting it, for it, you know, all day. <laughs> <laughs> so it does take a long time. Yeah. And what we've seen is a lot of people have gone to a reverse osmosis machine okay. because that helps them take more of the water out of it quicker. And vacuum helps pull it out of the tree a little bit quicker. So that makes it just come down and go from there. And there's no damage to the tree from using no, it? No. One thing we really want to stress to people is a maple producer 
they look at their sugar bush health and they want to make sure that they have healthy trees because they want to be in business and they want to take care of what's going on. I mean, that is very important to them. So they're always in the summertime, they're looking to see how is their trees doing? How is the canopy of the tree doing? So they're looking up top there and pest. You know, we've had some forest tin caterpillars, other pests that are coming along that we're always seeing. They want to make sure that they're not having any problems. You know, they're farmers, so they want to make sure everything's healthy. So they're not doing anything to damage their trees. So I just have to ask about taps. Do you tap the tree once and leave the little tap in there, or do you pull it out every year and you go back and do it again? So they're taking them out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, well, it sort of depends. If they're on tubing, they can leave them in, or they just pull them out and leave the tubing around it. Um, because you don't want to damage the tree, so they'll just pull them out and then leave the tubing around the tree, but they don't leave the tap in the tree because it heals back up. Within a year? Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. And they just move them around the tree. Hmm. Another market is tap hole maple. So you actually have a maple tree that somebody takes down, and then they will sell that maple, and it's called tap hole maple. And so when you cut the maple on long ways, you'll actually see the tap holes, and then they make furniture out of it. Or they make bowls out of it. It's quite marketable. Interesting. And, and, and especially because you're a maple producer, you're selling it to people in the city and mm-hmm. things like that. And then they look at it and you see where the tap has been. And then it goes and it heals right around where the tap was. Hmm. Wow. That's and, cool. and so that's just another way to go and market that. Well, let's talk about the market then. Okay. <laughs> so so you, you mentioned $141 million annual. $141 million annually just in New York State. Is most of that economic impact coming from people in New York State just going maple crazy because they know it's the season, well, or do we export? We have a little bit of everything. We have some people exporting. Mm-hmm. And then we have, I think the biggest thing you've seen with maple over probably the last, I'd say, 10 years is the value-added maple. And I would say Steve Childs right here at Cornell has been very instrumental in working. We've had a lot of value-added confection workshops that mm-hmm. have been done around the state to promote not just making maple syrup and putting it in barrels, but actually putting it in smaller containers. And so actually saying, we'd like to go and put it in a Statue of Liberty glass bottles. We'd like to put it in smaller bottles because the value that you're going to make in your maple syrup is putting it in smaller containers and doing something that's value added. Mm -hmm. Whether you're making maple coated coffee beans, you're making some kind of maple hard candy, making the infused syrups, those are where you're actually going to have a better return for the value of what you're making. And so this has really taken off, and people have really gone and said, what else can I do and what else can I make? The maple bourbon syrup, that has just taken off. For folks who are listening in, you missed this whole moment where Michelle is gesturing at this table full of products that she's brought down. (laughs) It's quite an impressive array of products that are being made with maple, and uh, I think we'll have the opportunity to perhaps sample one or two of these products. And encourage you to uh, seek them out in your local yes. grocery or? Oh, well, no, you can find them in your grocery store or you can talk to your cooperative extension mm-hmm. or you can go right to NYS Maple and they have a list of all of the maple producers. So we'll be sure to include a link to the uh, NYS Maple site so that folks can seek out their local maple producers. One thing before we 
taste anything, I'd like to ask you is, we're number two, and, and the assumption is Vermont's number one. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most wonderful things about going to Vermont is we went to a creamy stand, you know, soft ice cream, mm-hmm. and they had maple soft serve. And that was tremendously spectacular. Is there anybody here in New York State selling maple soft serve? Actually, there is. Anything you can think of maple, we have it in New York State. There is no doubt about it. (laughs) Some maple producer somewhere makes it. And actually, one of the things that we worked on developing with maple producers right here at Cornell is making maple milk. Oh, I've heard of yes. this. So, so wait, what is maple? <laughs> no, there, there, what, yeah. where's the cow? I, I, <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's a great marriage, right? Milk is super important in New York State, and maple is right behind it. <laughs> and so that is our combination of making maple milk. Have you tried it? Yes, absolutely. And it is wonderful. And you can either do it with cream line maple milk, or you can just use it regular milk. Very interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's great. I kind of want to make eggnog out of it. Now. I mean, <laughs> well, that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, that should be my niche. <laughs> oh, it's very good. They taste tested it at State Fair, and they liked it. And so nice. we do have some folks bottling it. They did all the recipe work and all the ingredient work right over by the dairy bar. What's that? Stocking oh, Hall. Stocking Hall. Yeah. Thank oh. you. So, so wait, we have folks hanging out over in Stocking Hall that are mixing milk with all sorts of products and we don't know about this? Yes, you should be talking to them. <laughs> you can get free stuff a lot when you go over no, there. <laughs> we really should pack up and go over there someday and talk to them for a while. You, you brought down an array of different items. And one that is really visually quite striking is this very almost translucent maple syrup. So I especially went and said, I'm coming down here to Cornell, and I brought you, this is fresh maple syrup, and it's actually a golden color and delicate taste. One of the things that has happened two years ago, there was an incredibly big push to have all the syrup from Vermont, New York, everywhere in the United States, and Canada be labeled the same. And so the International Maple Syrup Institute said, Everybody's going to label it the same. A little bit of pushback, and but finally everybody said, we're going to label it all the same. It would have been called light amber in the past, but this is called the golden color and delicate taste. And so this starts at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the season, you will always have the lightest syrup, and it's very delicate tasting. And as the season progresses, will become, they call it a medium amber. And then at the very end of the season... It will be darker. So now if you like a more dark, robust flavor for Mm -hmm. your maple syrup, then that's when you want to be getting your syrup. Mm. Most people are in the middle, uh, amber. That's what they're used to, their medium amber, and kind of go from that. The one advantage of the Golden Delicate is that it looks beautiful in a bottle, in a glass bottle. Yeah. And this is fresh syrup. It was just on Saturday I got it brought it, and I said, oh, I'm coming down to Cornell University, and I want to make sure I bring down fresh syrup for you to try. So you want to just take a little sip of it, kind of roll it across your tongue, and let that flavor. It's quite amazing. So the lightness and the delicacy of the taste, what makes the difference as you go through the season? As the season keeps going on, it just gets darker. This actually goes and it will get cloudy at the very end of the season as the sap keeps coming up through the tree and 
what will happen at the very end of the season, it gets buddy tasting. And so you don't, you won't, they'll know. You'll see the buds will come out at the very end of the season, and then you know the season's done. So we don't want it to get too warm too quick. Hmm. If it gets too warm too quick, then the buds will come out on the tree branches, and then we're done, and it will taste buddy tasting. Hmm. And so you don't want that. So this is at the very beginning. It's just the way the season starts, and then it will progress forward. So this one sample bottle I brought actually shows the light, the medium, and the dark. It kind of goes through, and it shows a dark amber. Um, so it has a dark color, and then you actually see the very dark. And so there's a strong taste with that one. So you get to see a little bit of everything. But this light syrup that we just tasted is very sweet. It is. It's very the, sweet. The, the sweetness really comes through, mm-hmm. I think, a lot stronger than on some of your darker, your ambers. It does. And, um, and some people absolutely love that. And that's what they want and go that direction. Some people prefer that. And you'll see some people only use that when they're making their molded sugar uh-huh. or their sugar cakes, whatever you want to call it. And when they're also making maple cream. That's, yeah. you know, okay. it sort of depends on the maple producer. Everybody has their own preference. Before we got started, we were talking about the different terms here, and sugar cake was mentioned. And of course, I think of a cake that's made with sugar and maple, and it's it's the maple sugar cake. Right. But what, what you all up there in Lewis County apparently have your own terminology for these things, huh? Right. We call them sugar cakes up there, but actually, I mean, it's just shaped sugar. And so really, it's just maple syrup that's been heated up, and it's put into a mold. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the maple leaf ones. I think those are pretty common. That's pretty common. Yeah, they're delicious. You're listening to Extension Out Loud. This is our episode on maple with Michelle Ledoux, Executive Director of Cornell Cooperative Extension in Lewis County. It is amazing the research that has been done on the world of maple syrup. And we assume a lot of that comes out of Cornell. The whole Northern New York Ag Development Program was based on folks coming up out of Cornell University. We have the E-Line Center that's up in Lake Placid. There's a lot of maple syrup that's done (laughs) north of the thruway, and they did a ton of research up north. We have a lot of maple trees (laughs) in New York State, a lot of maple trees. And We've been allowed to work on doing lots of different research projects. Now we're doing this cloning of sweet trees, right? And that's a very cool project. Most maple trees are 2 to 3% sweet. And if you do a sweet tree, which is research that's being done at Cornell, they're 4 to 6%, the sugar content of them. So the sugar content is something that you want to have. It's 2 to 3% the sugar content of a, a regular maple tree. And then you look at a, a sweet tree, which is cloning work that's been done down here, that's 4 to 6%. And I have lots of sugar producers who are like, mm, I'll put those sweet trees in. And they grow a lot quicker. Hmm. And so they're happy to have them. I probably have about 15 of them that were able to get some of these sweet trees Mm -hmm. and plant them, and they're looking forward. This is not something you're doing, you know, next year, right? Yeah. (laughs) This is a long-term investment, so obviously they want to keep them very healthy. So we've talked a lot about the research that's being done here at Cornell. Could we talk a little bit more about the programming that you're doing at Cooperative Extension? We're very fortunate to have Steve Childs, who is a state maple specialist, Mm -hmm. and then we have Adam 
Wild, who's up at E-Line, who is a Northern New York maple specialist. And so we have a Cornell maple group that meets, and we are able to offer maple schools. They really start in the fall, and they run right through the beginning, um, probably the middle of January. And then after that, they pretty much stop because it's sugaring season somewhere, okay, in the state. Time to get to work. But it's good because then we can offer these schools for folks to come to. And also, if you go on Cornell's Maple website, there is all kinds of fact sheets for people to access. We have a great video. It's a Cornell Beginner Maple DVD that you can borrow from your extension office. Mm. And it gives you kind of the ins and outs if you want to make maple syrup and you want to just do it as your family and you want to learn a little bit about it. There's some really good vacuum and tubing three-ring binder that's been put together by Steve Childs that you can access. All the extension offices have that. Steve Childs has really done some good YouTube videos on different things Mm -hmm. that you can work on. And then we're very fortunate we have a state forester, Pete Smallage. Mm And Pete is willing to help if they have an issue in their sugar bush and something's going on. And you also work with producers on creating the marketing and the value-added component, too, as well, right? Well, yep. And that's been really fascinating Mm -hmm. to work with them over the years. We have a state maple conference that goes on in the beginning of January. So I've been really fortunate to do a lot of work on helping them think about how are they marketing, What do they look like when they go to anywhere from going to a farmer's market to going to a trade show? You know, they want to get a nutritional analysis done because they're making a new product. They can go to Cornell Tech. We've also done exporting and working with producers on that. That's like a whole nother level of doing product. So who's importing New York State maple? Where's the bulk of export going? You can actually get a whole listing of what countries are interested in maple syrup and who takes it. And that allows you to say, who do I want to target? China has always been very interested in New York maple syrup. And we've been fortunate Ag Markets has been very supportive of that. Mm-hmm. There's some challenges right now with China and exporting and with tariffs and the cost. But there's other countries that have been interested in it. So we've done some trade shows to look at what is it that they would like. Some producers are really into it. I'm like, exporting is great as long as you're into doing a lot of paperwork. (laughs) That's what I tell them. you got to be willing to do a lot of paperwork. So I'm I'm still sitting here glancing over at all the uh, wonderful products here. And you have a coffee product that I'm – well, you have a a couple coffee products. So let's talk about caffeine and maple. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening with that market? One of the things is, you know, that they've expanded out to make teas and herbal teas. But they got maple coffee, and that is actually something exclusive to the New York State Maple Producers Association. And so I can say to you, they go through so much of that. Um, we just had Maple Weekend at the Maple Museum, and they people absolutely love this. And that has led to infused maple syrup with coffee. So talking about some of the value-added products that we have in front of us, there's also this kind of spice mix with maple sugar, garlic, onion. Are you seeing a lot of people making the kind of spice mixes? That has become very popular because what we see is maple sugar is something that has really gotten a very big push. We've had Steve Childs go out and really talk to people about taking other 
avenues besides maple syrup. And so we really pushed recipes. The consumers want recipes. What do you do? So we're saying maple syrup is not just for your pancakes. Mm -hmm. So we have a whole slew of maple recipes. And one of the things that works really well is what can you do with maple sugar? So maple sugar, it's a very cool deal. You actually just go and heat up maple syrup and you start stirring it. You're stirring it and stirring it and stirring it and poof, it becomes maple sugar. And I'm giving you this sort of the shortened version of it, but it's very neat. So now you have this maple sugar. It's the best way to store maple syrup because you could put it back into a syrup form. Mm. I have had a lot of maple producers use it to start making mixes. So one of my maple producers, Nadine Leindecker, has actually done a lot of it with garlic and actually mixing it with a lot of things. So she's had this garlic maple that she's actually making now, and it's very good. And we've had a lot of chefs just try it. So as we were talking before we got started, you, you mentioned a test kitchen. What happens there? Obviously, some of these products are not pure maple syrup. Mm -hmm. And so when they make anything that is a liquid product that is not pure maple syrup, they need to do that in a 20C kitchen. And when it's a dry product that does not need to be made in a 20C kitchen. So uh, wait, wait, are you saying 20C or 20 seat? 20C. What does that mean? It's a certified kitchen. Okay. They have to make that in a certified kitchen. Okay. So when you are actually making a pure maple product, you can actually do that in your sugar house. But when you're making a product that has more than just maple syrup in it, and it's a liquid, you have to make that in a 20C, which is a certified kitchen. Okay. When you were talking about it before, I, I was thinking of a, a kitchen with 20, with 20 seats, seats in there and an audience <laughs> that, watching. let's try to make something with maple. Uh, but, oh, gosh, Katie, is there? Well, I did want to talk a little bit about Maple Weekend and some of the maple oh. events in New York State. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. This is actually two weekends at the end of March in its 24th year. This year alone, it um, has 182 locations. Wow across the state, and it brings in about 400,000 agritourism visitors, and they either participate in the breakfast, tours, demonstrations, and it's not an event for you as consumers to come buy things. It's an event for you to come as a consumer and learn about maple, how it's produced, walk through a sugar bush, and see what's going on in a sugar house. And it's been very popular. We have a bunch of that going on in the North Country. There's a lot of sugar houses that open up for Maple Weekend. There is in Western New York, in Central New York, in the Hudson Valley area. I mean, it is just everywhere across New York State. And usually we have a tree tapping that goes on. Somewhere in New York State on one of those four days, you can go to a tree tapping ceremony. And it's a great event. It's a family event. It goes from 10 to 4. It's free. We encourage you to dress for the weather. <laughs> a lot of extension associations are involved in helping out with it, providing information, providing some recipes, working with their different maple producer associations in their counties. Well, thank you, Michelle, for joining us for this episode. We really appreciate your presence and the uh, samples are yes, an added definitely. little bonus, but we appreciate <laughs> those very much. And that's going to wrap up our Maple episode. We'll maybe come up sometime to Lowville or Krogan and check in with you guys. 
you are welcome to come up or go someplace this weekend and enjoy Maple Weekend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to Extension Out Loud, brought to you by Cornell Cooperative Extension. This episode of Extension Out Loud was produced and edited by Paul Treadwell with help and advice from Katie Belden and R.J. Anderson. Please give us your feedback through our listener survey and sign up for our mailing list for notifications about new episodes. Links to both of these can be found on our SoundCloud page. Or by visiting extensionoutloud.com. Oh, really? Yes. Oh.